0: but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone.
2: Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
0: Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait visit hellotend.com slash sale that's hello t e n d dot com slash sale and book your free consult today
3: you want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues leagues. then you've come to the right place to the right place you're listening to the upper hand fantasy podcast now here's your host faraz sadiki and zach rizzuto What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Diki. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to review week three, the fantasy developments, fantasy takeaways, all the stuff that happened today that either killed your fantasy team, that might make it better for next week, but it's the stuff you need to know. Okay? Yeah. Go into week four. All right. So we're going to break it all down. Zach is a little upset right now um, because of the fact that the Cowboys just lost to nah. the Arizona Cardinals. They were 11 and a half point favorites. Definitely one of the biggest surprises of the week. Cardinals yep. were up all game. The Cowboys had no answer. And then we actually had some good fantasy performances from a few guys on the Cardinals. All the guys that we didn't think were going to do well, like James Conner, Hollywood Brown, Josh Jobs. Having a fantasy day himself, Lamar. Okay, what's going on, Zach? What's going on with the Cowboys?
1: Okay, I'm not going to take too long on this with the Cowboys. It was just (laughs) poorly coached the whole time. I mean, the defense got run over, and I think the Cowboys just overlooked them. That's that's just how it was. And I'm not going to be wishy washy about it. You know, it's just I'm not that upset. I figured this would be like there's a chance that this happens. And if you ask anybody, if you watch the Cardinals these past two weeks. They're not that bad. (laughs) And I'm not trying to pad the Cowboys at all here. But, like, if you're going to lose to a team, there's nothing, like, obviously it's bad. But they clearly aren't, through three weeks, the worst team in football. And obviously it looked that way because they were 0-2. But, you know, good game by the Cardinals. Cowboys didn't have anything going. I I just thought the offensive play calling was so bad for the Cowboys. And that's what hurt a lot of it. And I don't know if you saw the one play. C.D. Lamb, if you're a C.D. Lamb fantasy manager like I am, you're pissed at him because they threw a fade to him in the end zone. He didn't even try for it. He just immediately started looking for the flag. So that just tells you all you need to know. It was a horrific game to watch, but it's fine. I'm here for fantasy football. We have much more interesting things to cover. And I'm actually in a good mood about that. <laughs> good. I'm glad you are, man, because you seem like it. You seem like you're in a good mood right now. <laughs> I am. Well, how'd your jets do? If
3: you if you want to play that game. No, man. Absolutely terrible, dude. Like I was watching that game. I had that game up as one of the games that were that was up on the TVs, and um, just brutal, dude. Just absolutely brutal. You know, the Jets actually put together a drive. They ended up scoring a touchdown, um, but like Zach Wilson, fourth down. What are you doing, dude? Like you're throwing it. Why did you just throw it at the sticks? Like why are you throwing it at the line of scrimmage? It makes no sense to me. Makes no sense at all.
1: Anyway, who scored the touchdown? Like nobody. (laughs) Who was that that scored that touchdown? Not a top three running back on your team. I don't even know. I don't even know who was. I don't even remember who it was. His I name, I, I forget it. I, I saw it when I was doing my review. I was like, who is this guy? He had one carry for one yard and a touchdown. And he led the team in fantasy points.
3: Nick bought it. <laughs> who? Oh, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know who that is, and I'm a yeah. Jets fan. That's unbelievable.
1: They have it's oh, they have him listed as a fullback. Okay. That's what so. it
3: is. Unbelievable. Anyway. The Dolphins went crazy. Specifically. Raheem Mostert, Devon A-Chain. Miami dropped 70 points on the Broncos, dude. 726 yards on offense. Tua looked extremely sharp. But the story of the game with these running backs, man, you know, as far as fantasy goes, okay? Raheem Mostert, 18 carries for 82 yards. You know, it's modest. But he had three touchdowns on the ground. And he also caught seven of his eight targets. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He had seven targets. He caught all seven of his targets for 60 yards and a touchdown. Devon Aicheng, out of nowhere, get an opportunity. Why? Why did he get an opportunity in this game? Because Salvin Ahmed was banged up, okay? He got 18 carries for 203 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, and then he ended up catching four targets for 30 yards and another two touchdowns through the air. Okay, so four touchdowns for each of them if you're keeping count. And if you started Mostert, he was a big reason why you won your week. You probably didn't start A-Chain, you know, unless you were desperate. Some people were desperate enough to start uh, A-Chain because I saw the questions. And for every question that had A-Chain in it, I told you to not play A-Chain, most likely. And, you know, that desperation might have worked out for you if you ended up playing him. But let's talk about, you know, what we expect moving forward, Zach. Like, this is is a crazy performance
1: here. Yeah. And not one we're going to see, like... You can't expect anything close to this production. You can't say, oh, this might happen next year. This might happen two years from now. It's not going to happen this decade again. I mean, maybe with this offense, who knows? (laughs) Because if you ask me, the biggest thing I saw today from the Dolphins was just fantastic coaching, game plan, scheming, all that stuff. It was beautiful. Did you see the first touch? I think it was with Devon A-Chain where Tua wasn't even looking at him, and he flipped the pass forward with not his left hand, but his right hand. Like – Crazy game plans, uh, all I these different. Teams,
3: every, I think that was moster. I think that was moster. Yeah, either way,
1: I think so. i uh, sorry, I lost Sick, track. Though. Each of them scored four touchdowns. So, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's my fault. Touchdown, anyway, dude. There was six so, touchdowns. Yeah, there were so many touchdowns, in this game is ridiculous. So moving forward, what to expect? Devon chain. Well, Savon Akman. He probably wasn't thinking that he was having to worry too much about losing his job, but it looks like that's the case now. I mean, Devon Hain came out of nowhere. You lucked out because I had him on my bench. I didn't have to play him. I wasn't desperate, and I got screwed. But we're not going to have this type of (laughs) performance every week. What's also hilarious is that this was done without Jalen Waddle. So that's also something I'm keeping in mind. But the fact that everybody was doing it, like what other takeaways can you have than this is the type of offense anybody can score in this offense? Devon H. Chain, he's probably on waivers, maybe? A couple of people might have held him on their bench, just because, you know, we talked about him a little bit on this podcast. Definitely pick him up. (laughs) You know, that's like the base level analysis. I I think that he's definitely going to be pushing for touches with Raheem Mostert. I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to split it because they did split the work relatively similarly where Devon A. Chain didn't get the receiving work. Raheem Mostert did, but Devon A. Chain also got more carries. Um, Raheem Mostert is also a little little older. So Devon A. Chain, he did. He scored his last long touchdown when I thought he would be out. Because they were already Yeah, me too. 56. That was interesting to me. So yeah. that was like a really nice stat pattern. Unnecessary, but totally welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just the running backs. I don't think this is going to be the norm every week. Once Jalen Waddle comes back, I do think that the receivers are going to continue to be the higher scoring players here. But this was just an all-around domination. And the Broncos gave up. I mean, from the first play, not not necessarily the, first, the third play, when Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown, like it looked like he was going to be bad. So... That's my takeaway. I mean, you're picking up Devon A chain. That's the main thing that changed. Obviously, the rest of these guys, you're not going to expect this from every week, from them every yeah. week. Tyreek Hill, right. yes, you can. Like, Tyreek Hill could have had a huge game if this wasn't just, you know, running backs on running backs on running backs. But um, yeah, that's the exactly. way I look at it.
3: By the way, you were right. It was Devon A chain getting the no look pass. So I'm sorry. I-, I shouldn't have corrected you there. So it was Devon oh, no, A That First of all, that pass, though. It was one of the prettiest no look touchdown passes I have ever seen. Like, right. it was just executed to perfection. It, it was such a cool, such a cool play design. But then Tua, like his
1: execution was just like on point. Well, um, he was so, looking like directly at the defender. It wasn't like he was looking off into nowhere. He was looking at the defender. And he just flipped it, and I was like, "Whoa!" Well, well, you know, I, I think
3: I'm late to the party, but Tua is just—he's he, just a beast, man.
1: Yeah, he's a beast, and you know, now, listen. We do have to credit Mike McDaniel here, though, because that's also a big part of it. He's putting him in a fantastic situation.
3: At the end of the day, it's like you got to give some credit where credit is due, right? It's like you Mm -hmm. can't give all the credit for for Patrick Mahomes to Andy Reid, you know, and this is one of those situations where, you know, the OC and the quarterback is a match made in heaven, and I think Tua is a big reason why they're winning games, and I think he's just a very, very good quarterback. You know, he's just doing his thing. So – yeah. Big shout out to, to him and him. You know, there's a lot of people who have been on the Tua train since he was drafted. A lot of people were on the Tua train before last season. So credit to those people, to be honest, because Tua is 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 the real deal. Okay.
1: I'm not. Now, I'm not going to take a victory lap too much here, but I will say, coming into the season, I did. I put it somewhere. I know I can find it. I'll pull up a receipt. That Tua could be a top five quarterback. You did? Oh, no, no. that
3: was one hundred oh, no, no. yeah. percent. I think. Um, I think he was my guy. I don't know what episode? I think he was your I think that guy. Was my yeah, my guys. Like, there was a, uh, Tua was your guy. He was, like, the quarterback that you chose for your My Guys was Tua. Mm-hmm. So, bam, bam, Zach doing his thing. <laughs> love it. I Feel love it. it. I mean, and, and look, it's looking like that's going to be the case, man. It look, it's looking like he is going to be a top five quarterback this week, this year. Because Justin Fields, not top five conversation right now. Right? No, not even close. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know. He had a good this game. This week he did. But the overall, the offense is looking shaky. We'll get to that. But yep. going back to the HN, this is a very tricky situation in terms of how we're treating A-chain coming off of waivers, right? How much we're spending if he's available in your league. He's he's available in a ton of leagues, okay? He is going to be on the waiver wire list this week. He's definitely worth a number one waiver priority. I think that's, like, not what we're talking about here. That's obvious. But if we're spending fab, like, what do you do? Right? Raheem Mostert, he's not going away. Likely. Most likely not going away. Jeff Wilson's coming back in week five but a showed special ability in this game, right? He definitely earned a role. So in a normal game, and this was not a normal game, this is an outlier of outliers type of game overall, it's rare to have two running backs score one touchdown each, let alone four each, right? So (laughs) is it worth dropping a ton of fab? I mean, he can have big games, but and he has big playability, no doubt. I'm just not sure Mike McDaniel has these other running backs move out of the rotation. And maybe he should, you know, like, but I'm not sure it happens. He he did get 50% of the goal line snaps, which is really good to see. Um, he was used near the goal line, right? He was used a little bit in all situations along Mostert. Um, at the end of the day, though, like, I think getting this guy on your roster is something you try to do, right? Like, and just hope that they realize what they have in A-chain and they play him as their lead guy at some point. Um, so I think I'm okay spending up. But I'm not sure I'm ready to just drop the rest of my fab on him. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, last week we dropped it all on Ford because we kind of knew he was going to be the lead guy. Like the role was relatively clear. This isn't as clear. Like the talent seems to be clear <laughs> the way that he performed in this game, but the role is not. Um, and it's a situation where you, you kind of have to bet on the talent. And I'm fine betting on the talent because because like you'll just be kicking yourself because he look he looks like a league winner. Right, the way that what you just saw, um, yeah. he just looked electric. But you know, and you'll be kicking yourself if you didn't at least attempt to grab him. But am I spending all my fab? Man, I want to, but I'm not sure if I if I should.
1: No, I, I think you're right on the money with that one. Because you look at it, this is an offense. It's not just one or two guys scoring. And obviously, it's easy to see though in totality when they score seventy points, who is going to be able to score on this offense? But it's not just the receiver's doing it. You know, you look at – you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Tua. You'd think, oh, you know, it's going to be receiving, pass-heavy offense. You know, these are going to be the guys getting it done on a weekly basis. But it looks like Mike McDaniel's doing a really good job of utilizing the running backs. Now, Raheem mostert has been the guy, you know, this season so far. Devon Chain only had, what, one point coming in this game on the season through two games he didn't even start the first week. So, I would definitely agree with pumping the brakes on Devon Chain a little bit. But I do think he should still be picked up. Jeff Wilson coming back in would definitely complicate it, like you mentioned. But I'm not sure how much run he's going to get. Raheem, Raheem Mostert looks pretty youthful right now. He's doing exactly what they want him to do in the offense. If there's going to be an odd man out, like could it be Jeff Wilson when he comes back? Because at this point, it looks like Devon H and Raheem Mostert, their skill sets work perfect for what this offense. But that's the doing. thing.
3: I don't know who the odd man out is. They had Raheem Mostert last year. They traded for Jeff Wilson and then proceeded to play him over Mostert in a lot of situations. Right. Right. So, like, I don't know. Um, You know, Jeff Wilson's agent, uh, Rosenhaus, said that he is good. He will be good to go once he's back in week five in terms of him coming off IR and being ready to play. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a tough situation. All right. Let's move on. Enough about the Dolphins.
4: Selling a little
2: Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. Visit RosettaStone.com/rs10. That's fifty percent off, unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off at RosettaStone.com/rs10 today.
3: Uh, on the other side of the ball, two straight games now that Cortland Sutton has out targeted Jerry Judy. Okay, 27% target mm-hmm. share last week with Judy back. I gave the benefit of doubt to Judy saying, like, hey, like this is first game back. Let's see what happens next week. So, next week, where's this week? 29% target share for Colton Sutton in Judy's second game. So, next week, I'm not sure how we can justify ranking Judy over Sutton.
1: No, I, I'm in agreement, and I'm just really confused because – We knew kind of that Cortland Sutton might have a chance to be like a bounce back candidate because there were reports coming out of training camp and, you know, leading in the offseason that Cortland Sutton was Russell Wilson's guy and Jerry Judy was banged up. But this doesn't look like the same Jerry Judy we were seeing last year where he was overcoming the offense. He was in. You know, he was obviously the clear guy in that offense. Cortland Sutton wasn't doing much of anything last year. And now it's completely flipped where it looks like Jerry Judy's playing the Cortland Sutton role from last year where he's just this guy that's getting some targets. I personally think that this was really low given the negative game script they were in only seven targets. That's pretty tough. And Marvin Mims, he's still looking like a big play threat. So he's obviously the downfield threat. Cortland Sutton's the go-to guy. What does that leave for Judy? I mean, you saw it today. Obviously he only had, he had 81 yards on five catches, which isn't that bad. But when you look at what's happening around him and the opportunity that they had in this game to move the ball, you know, they were playing a negative game script. Of course they're throwing the ball. And he didn't really come through for you today. So is it okay to hit the panic button on Judy a little bit? Because that's kind of where I'm at with him right now. I mean, I was, we had him pegged as a potential breakout this season, but the Broncos obviously have issues on offense too, to work through. And maybe that's because they're not using Judy enough. But for right now, I mean, he's not playing anywhere near high enough a level that you want him to. And he's kind of left you hanging, especially in an offense where like Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims are doing their things and Marvin Mims, He's only getting two or three catches a game.
3: Yeah, and eighteen percent target share, you know, is not necessarily going to get it done for you, right? He, the amount of targets he he had was was fine, but like they threw the ball a lot in this game. Okay, so eighteen percent target share compared to twenty nine percent target share. There's a clear number one through these last two weeks. Okay, right. Um, Jerome Ford ended up scoring two touchdowns. Uh, in his game against the Titans this week, so he got it done for fantasy. He only took his 10 carries for 18 yards. Uh, So this is truly the toughest rushing defense in the NFL right now, I think. Um, It might be them and the Lions right now because the way the Lions just handled Bijan. But, you know, when you consider Cleveland's offensive line, you know, Ford did run a lot of routes, which is great. He was a primary back. It wasn't even close. To be honest, Hunt was active for this game and played. Um, And so, like, you know, I think... Moving forward, you're pretty confident in Jerome Ford's role. Maybe Kareem Hunt starts, you know, moving in a little bit into the snap snap share, but it seems like, and and you know, I think Kevin Stefanski said it multiple times that Ford is the guy. Uh, but this was a good, a good, something good to see. Obviously, you don't want to see 10 carries for 18 yards, but the matchup was absolutely brutal for him. He ended up doing his thing. It, 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 a lot of people benched him this week. Uh, I advise a lot of people to bench him this week, so I apologize if he was on your bench. He did score two touchdowns, but like, hey, like, what are you going to do? Ten, I was looking at the 10 carries for 18 yards as a possibility with no touchdowns. That would have really sucked at 1.8 fantasy points. Wouldn't have got it done. But, you know, he did get lucky with those touchdowns. So I'm glad. If he wasn't in your lineup, I'm glad. I hope it worked out for you.
1: Yeah, but the touchdowns were fine. And I think that Kareem Hunt's definitely going to roll in a little bit more. You know, we saw this the whole time, even with Nick Chubb when he was healthy. You know, that's just how they've been used in Cleveland so far. But it looks like Jerome Ford, I'm not going to say he's as talented as Nick Chubb. He's still obviously the most talented running back here, and he's going to have the first crack at pretty much everything. Um, And it is interesting, too, because he also got that work in the receiving game, which we don't usually – we hadn't really seen from Nick Chubb. I'm not going to compare them to much more after that that sentence. But anyway, 10 carries for 18 yards, like you said. That matchup was tough, and I'm not a huge fan of that production, but you're, you're right with the touchdowns. They were there. It looks like he's going to be a starter moving forward. Do you think he could appreciate any more in terms of his value? Like I'm looking at him. If I if I have him, if I picked him up off the waivers, you know, and he had this type of performance, two touchdowns, inflated his uh, production today. Do you think the ceiling is still there in this offense, or do you think he could be a potential sell high candidate?
3: Um, that's a good question. I, I think I think he's a hold for me. Uh, I don't think he's a sell high. I don't think anybody looks at. I think people will be able to like kind of look at the the the, the game log and see that he only had ten carries for eighteen yards. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't look at that as a sell high, to be honest with you, because he's the guy on on early downs. Um, you know, I I don't look at the situation as a sell high situation because I do think he's going to be the guy. He was involved in the receiving game as well. He did run a lot of routes they did like his receiving ability right before the Chubb injury where he was the guy who would play the cream hunt role. Right. So right. that's, that's something that I'm looking at. Um, I think his he has better matchups coming up, you know, overall now for, you know, a couple of matchups he has coming up right now are not great, but after that he should be okay. So I think he's a running back two that. You can start all year long. Um, obviously you know if you want to upgrade from that and you, you want to do like a little two for one or something like that i would gladly trade him away i don't think he's an rb1 at all i don't think he's gonna be a top 12 running back but he he definitely has the upside to be a uh you know a mid-level rb2 the rest of the way right you know and the two touchdowns also he, he it didn't give him too many you know fantasy points this week you know it's like he had the two touchdowns a few catches and that was it you know mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Uh, anyway, uh on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, obviously the Titans were down the entire game. Tajay Spears ended up playing as the primary running back the entire game. Uh Derrick Henry really shit the bed for you this week because of that game <laughs> script. Yeah. Okay. Um now going to the Saints Packers game, Derek Carr got hurt in this game. Seemed pretty serious at the time of the injury. But the injury seems to be an AC spring. So, like it doesn't seem to be like a broken shoulder or anything like that. Um, it is a shoulder injury. He's not expected to miss the season, which is good news. Uh, but Jameis Winston will take over until he does come back. And if you're wondering about whether that's good for Chris Olave or not, I think it's good for Chris Olave. Um, you know, more big plays, more downfield throws. Uh, so I'm not worried about Olave at all if you are. Um But, uh, you know, you saw it in this game, you know, once Jameis took over. And if you're wondering what the target share looked like, he did target Michael Thomas the most, followed by Olave. Um, And the target distribution is likely going to be tight, you know, between those two guys. I'm not sure how good Jameis is going to be for Alvin Kamara, though. Like, we saw this before, right, where Jameis is, like, continuously looking downfield. And the fact that he Mm -hmm. has Michael Thomas healthy, and he has Chris Olave, and he has Juwan Johnson, who was his third target in this game, you know, he might be looking downfield a lot. And Alvin Kamara might suffer because of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, speaking of the backfield though, Kendrick Miller, you know, he could be dropped, I think. Like, he didn't do much this week. He shared the load with, load with Tony Jones, uh, and Kamara is back next week. So, you know, if Miller went crazy this week, I would have wanted to keep him on my roster. And you can still keep him. I think it's fine. Um, but I think yeah. if you need to drop him, I'm totally fine dropping him at this point.
1: Yeah. If he did anything out of the ordinary, you know, if he looked like anything besides just like the replacement back, then maybe there would be reason to be like, "Yep, his arrow for in terms of his stock is pointing up. But for me, it's like stuck sideways. You know, he didn't look fantastic. And Tony Jones, they put up very similar rushing lines. Miller didn't get much in the receiving game. So he didn't separate himself. And that's what we were kind of going into this game saying, like this is his opportunity to separate himself before Kamara comes back. Jamal Williams is out of the way. And obviously it was a weird game script because they went up and then they just stopped producing an offense and yep. obviously James Winston coming like you mentioned could cloud things up a little bit but Kendra Miller right now I think if you hold on to him there's a, there's still a chance that he could have a role as long as Jamal Williams is out but it doesn't look like he's it's going to be any type of takeover like we were kind of saying could be the case um, once Alvin Kamara comes back they're going to use him and then just going back to like what you said about Chris Olave Derek Carr was throwing the ball deep he just you know I think the main takeaway for me with Jameis Winston coming in is that it's not going to be that steep a fall in terms of the deep target frequency that we see for Chris Olave because James Winston like you mentioned likes to push the ball downfield and Chris Olave again looked really good obviously he's been scoring without scoring touchdowns but he's had at least 10 targets in each of his three games so I'm not worried about him at all
3: what's the point of AJ Dillon being on fantasy rosters like if he is unstartable. Is while Aaron Jones is out, like, why even keep him? The Lions next week is not a good matchup, right? They just kept B. John Robinson and the Atlanta offensive line to 3.3 yards per carry, okay? So I'm dropping Agent Dillon right now. You know, even if Aaron Jones is out next week again, I don't want to start him because that's just literally, he's just going to ruin your fantasy week. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He's a roster clogger. He's a definition of a roster clogger right now.
1: Yeah, he is just a roster clogger. And we were kind of onto this last week coming into the game. We were like, A.J. Yeah. Dillon, you know, he hasn't been really efficient. And we talked about him. Like, everyone mentions him as this, like, supreme handcuff. If A.J. – yeah. not A.J. – if Aaron Jones is out. But he hasn't. So, like, everyone's kind of catching who's, on who's to Who's the now. better
3: handcuff, dude? You know, it's funny. Like, who's the better handcuff? Zeke or A.J. Dillon?
1: <laughs> At this point, I don't know. It's I don't want to make that crazy close. Right now, but It kind of looks like <laughs> Zeke. Because A.J. Dillon, regardless of the work that he's fed, he just – Continually does a little less than average in terms of his efficiency, which is he's just worse not... than Zeke right now. Yeah. And that that's a low bar to clear. You're on a Patriots <laughs> offense, too, over there. oh it was oh disgusting. God, yeah. AJ Dillon can be dropped. Don't worry about it. Um, if if he comes back and he has some fantastic game in the future, you can yell at us. You can come back and catch catch us on this one. But I think the general consensus is you can drop AJ Dylan and we're he in won't. on that.
3: I think we'll be fine. Uh, yeah. two straight weeks now with Tank Dell leading the Texans in targets. Nico Collins was quiet in this game, but Tank went off. I had Nico Collins going up against you, Zach. You had Tank Dell. Uh, you yeah. got you got the you got the you got the victory between those two guys. Uh, but he caught five of seven targets for 145 yards and a touchdown. One of those being a big big receiving touchdown later in the game. Uh, he's still available in a ton of leagues. Uh he's definitely going to be one of the top waiver wire pickups this week. He was a top waiver wire pickup last week. He should have been picked up. And uh now going forward, both him and Nico Collins are top 36 wide receivers moving forward. Yeah. Um so you know, let's see how these two stack against each other over the next few weeks. Um next week they have another beatable secondary at home against the Steelers in week four. Um, but the fact that the Texans, man, went into Jacksonville and won this game the way they did was super impressive, dude.
1: Mm-hmm. The, se- the second most impressive win. I mean, obviously the Cardinals beat Dallas, but they were at home, so it's fine. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Tank Dell, yeah, 100%. This guy is going to be a part of the passing attack moving forward, no doubt. I mean, like I said, we said – CJ. We've I always say this. CJ Stroud tried to get the Texans to go out of their way to get Tank Dell, and they did. And now he's returning on value. He doubled his roster percent last week because he was a waiver wire pickup you know obviously he went from 20 some percent he's up to 48 on sleeper right now that's going to go up even more uh the difference right now for tank dell and nico collins you know i i think they'll be interchangeable i don't think it's always going to be tank dell getting all the targets and it's always going to be nico collins being on the lower side of things we saw that last week it's just the biggest takeaway for me is cj stroud looks good enough to support two wide receivers so you don't have to worry about having either of these guys i still don't really want to start tank dell as anything more than a wide receiver three or a flex but in a pinch he can get it done for you as a wide receiver two nico collins i think he's going to have the safer floor moving forward safe more stability just because he has those downfield targets and cj strouds look good throwing them so oh yeah both of them should be rostered 100 both of them can be started without people looking at you and thinking like why are you starting them Tank think that was a good surprise though you know i, I didn't think he's gonna be contributing this fast but Doesn't look like Robert Woods is doing anything crazy. And Noah Brown being injured opened the door for Tank Dell. I don't think that he's going to be able to come back, Noah Brown, and have any sort of significant impact on the receiving room.
3: I don't think so. I think he's just a run blocker at this point, to be honest with you, in 12 personnel maybe, but that's about it. I I can't get over Josh Kelly scoring a combined 6.6 fantasy points in two games without Austin Eckler, dude. 11 carries for 12 yards in this game. You know, He makes A.J. Dillon look like a good running back. Yeah. Uh, Eckler is probably not going to be back next week either and we're all going to bench Kelly against the Raiders next week and he's of course he's going to go off um, yeah. but he has officially lost all trust with fantasy managers everywhere 74% of snaps too man he's getting the snap share he got it last week as well it's unbelievable
1: it's just not good yeah. not good at all yeah it's not good but it's also hard for him to do anything when Justin Herbert's throwing the ball 47 times and I think that we kind of saw this game script coming we knew the Chargers and the Vikings were going to be throwing the ball all day and that's exactly what happened. So, Josh Kelly, I'm not surprised that he had this He got of game 11 again. carries
3: for 12 yards? Are you not surprised? You have
1: to be efficient. We, we saw it last week. <laughs> it was the same thing. We just didn't have the upside because the Chargers were throwing the ball. And the same thing happened this week. The matchup was obviously fine. There was nothing wrong with it. But we knew that the Chargers were going to be throwing the ball. And I said that his ceiling, I think I said it on a couple episodes ago, I said it's probably in that 13-point range if he scores a touchdown. If he doesn't, he's probably going to be pretty quiet. And this was really bad by any standard. I'm not really interested in starting him. I don't think there's a reason to start him next week, but who knows? You know, if you're in a pinch, you can try again. You can go back to the well, but it's come up dry two times in a row. It's just crazy. The bigger story for me was Keenan Allen. And I think we're going
3: to talk talk about him. Go for it, man. I mean, 18 catches, 215 yards, 20 targets, dude. And a passing touchdown. Unbelievable. Mike Williams. (laughs) He, he had a good day, too, man. Seven one, I mean, he didn't have a good day. I, I mean, he had a good day before he ended up getting hurt. Seven for 121 and a touchdown. That touchdown from Keenan Allen. Uh, he did have a bad knee injury, though, in this game, man. Um, yeah. You know, the concern is a potential ACL. Not confirmed, okay? Uh, he's getting the MRI on Monday. Let's hope for the best. Let's hope it's something not severe that we're to the point where he can come back at some point this year. That's the hope. Right. Um. But Justin Herbert ended up four hundred yards and three touchdowns. You know, all through the air. If the Mike Williams injury is somewhat serious, if he's going to miss time, I think Josh Palmer, you know, should be picked up. You know, he turned into a full time player once Mike Williams is out. You know, Quentin Johnston does not seem anywhere close to be beaten out Josh Palmer right now. Okay, I yeah. I might want to pick him up to see what happens with the extra playing time, but I would prefer to pick up
1: Josh Palmer all day long. Yeah, and that's just because. We've what we've seen and what we've heard so far has been Quentin Johnson not moving up the depth chart at all. And if Josh Palmer's beating him, then that tells you he's not there's no room for him to move past that point this season, I don't think. Like assuming hopefully Mike Williams comes back and Keenan Allen comes back, his best case scenario, Quentin Johnson's right now, is wide receiver three. And he's going to be in that position a little bit more. He might have a higher snap share move forward if Mike Williams is out. But it's gonna be really hard for him to get targets between Keenan Allen who just had 20 targets this week and Josh Palmer, who came in and just looked really good in replacing Mike Williams. So Quentin Johnson, I'm not really interested. Like somebody else can pick him up. That's fine. I don't see him blowing up any type of roster, having a big game. But for me, it's just like we said, Keenan Allen coming into the season. Like if you looked at that stretch of games last year towards the end, when he came back from that injury, he was Justin Herbert's favorite target. He is showing that this season. And if Mike Williams is out, like, can we rank it? Like he should be probably top seven or eight receiver every week keenan allen we talked about this, this man playing.
3: we talked about this man keenan allen was one of the best draft day values these this entire offseason it was absolutely ridiculous yeah. where he was being drafted man it's crazy
1: it, so the target so kudos share to everyone is who was able,
3: yeah kudos to those who, who who listened and just grabbed keenan allen and now you have a wide receiver one in your hands okay yeah unbelievable Okay, other side of the ball, Alexander Madison. He had the bounce-back game. Uh, didn't have a humongous day, but, you know, he did enough to secure his job, I think. 20 carries for 93 yards, five catches for seven, five catches for 32 yards, 81% of snaps. The 81% of snaps is, is, is interesting to me because it seems like the coaching staff didn't even try to start limiting his touches or playing time or anything like that. Okay, this was a good game for those who have Madison, you know, but one thing you love to see is that he had seven targets this week, six targets last week. You know, um, you know, yeah. we'll see how much Cam Akers moves into this backfield share next week if he's active. Um, but it's a good sign for Madison. This is exactly what you needed if you had Alexander Madison on your team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was I was worried about it a little bit because to start the game, he dropped a couple passes. I was like, uh oh, you know, this could be a situation where Cam Akers might come in and have this type of have an impact here. But it looks like Alexander Madison, he's going to be fine. Um, twenty carries too. Like that was one thing for me. Like they kept going back to him. Didn't he? Did he have a fumble? Uh, he, he he might so have been called he had back. A
3: fumble. He had the fumble near the goal line, but it got reversed. No, right. to no fumble. So, yeah. like technically, he didn't have a fumble, but it was a fumble.
1: You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like, um, that issue so isn't the sheet, completely. There was no fumble. Yeah. What's that? No. That issue isn't completely gone. Like this is it's just, it's just no, been because like a case this of the is not his first fumble.
3: Liking. If I'm not mistaken. He had a fumble near the goal line. Was it last week? Or the week or the, uh, maybe, I know he fumbled one.
1: He fumbled, I think, the ball on one of the first plays in the second half last week against the Eagles, and that gave him an yeah, exactly. easy touchdown. Exactly. It was so, last week. Yep. It's, yeah, so he's had a little trouble holding on the ball this season. He got away with it this week, but this is the type of performance that you can build on where the first two weren't really the case. This was as close we've seen Alexander Madison come to looking like Alexander Madison, the one that we that was like the excellent handcuff. Um, in a long time, you know, since he's been the starter. So this is definitely encouraging.
3: It definitely is uh Zach Moss ended up with 30 carries in this game, performed against the Ravens in Baltimore, tough matchup, but he got it done, man. Uh, this is unlike yeah. any any of the Zach Moss that we've seen, you know, throughout his career, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but he got it done, um, you know, also got the touchdown uh, on a wheel route. So Gardner Minshew ended up leading this team. The victory over the Ravens in Baltimore, really disappointing from the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens offense in general, I think, has been a little disappointing this year. You know, obviously the loss J.K. Dobbins, that's gonna hurt. But Mark Andrews, four for 35. Zay Flowers, eight for 48. You know, he did lead them in targets, by the way, with a 31% target share. But just overall this Ravens offense, I think not great. You know, um, either right. way, Lamar did end up with a great fantasy day with a hundred yards rushing, two touchdowns. Uh, Gus Edwards was the guy there. He left the game later. He left the game in like the fourth quarter. Melvin Gordon took over at that point. It's crazy, man. Gus Edwards might have a concussion, right? If he's out (laughs) next week because of of the concussion, like they're literally down J.K. Dobbins, right? Justice Hill has the turf toe injury. I don't know if he's going to play next week. They might be down, you know, Gus Edwards also, and then they might end up playing Melvin Gordon like a feature role.
1: Like it's going to be unbelievable. (laughs) Or, Or Kenyon Drake. Who knows? <laughs> it's hilarious I right, think that, that this is like where well. we're, we're this is where we're going with the Ravens' backfield. This it's is where we were last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, just it's giving you shades of 2020. Was it twenty twenty one or was it last year? We're both. It was last year. Yeah, well, it was, not, it was JK, two years ago. It was two years yeah, ago. Yeah, J.K. Yeah. Dobbins and Gus Edwards went down within like a week of each other. So it's like an oh, empty yeah. Ravens' backfield. So the Ravens haven't had a healthy backfield in years. I think Justice Hill is still the guy to have at this point because he will come back and he will obviously get the work like he did in the game that he was playing. But Melvin Gordon and Kenny Drake, could they be like flex starts next week if Gus Edwards is out? Like I would say Gordon is a flex play if if both Justice Hill and um, (laughs) Gus Edwards is out. Imagine making this decision. Would you want to make a decision between Melvin Gordon and Josh Kelly next week? (laughs) I don't think you would. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know man
3: give me give me melvin gordon <laughs> to be I, honest, I, I think you'd man. have to i mean <laughs> right I mean, I, honestly that's signing I yourself know, up to dude. be
1: burned by josh kelly 100 yeah i better you know. just
3: leave i just just leave my slot blank my slot empty i'll just do that just put um, a tight end in <laughs> let's look at this lions falcons game man huge game from sam laporta he went for he went eight for 84 in the touchdown the target distribution from jared goff in this game extremely tight Amon Russ Aim Brown, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, and not Josh Reynolds, Khalif yeah. Raymond. Josh Reynolds. This is a story of Josh Reynolds' career uh, in a nutshell. <laughs> he just disappears randomly. He has like these great games and just completely disappears. He didn't have one target in this game. He just ran, he just did a lot of cardio. Um, but Laporta is, is looking like a legit top 10 tight end the rest of the way, man. He has upside. Um, to be even higher, like he, he has upside to be like a top six, top five, top six tight end this year if he continues to do what he's doing.
1: Yeah, he's a trusted target in the Lions' offense, and I think what you're going to see the value from Laporta, even if he doesn't have big games like he did. He caught his first touchdown this week, and this is huge. This is probably going to be the tight end, uh, top three tight end performance, I think, this week.
3: Yeah, definitely. when everything,
1: when when all is said and done, like the thing that Sam Laporta is going to give you is that consistency and target share. I think regardless of what happens in a game, he's going to have six or seven targets where you can't really say that for a lot of tight ends right now. And Josh Reynolds, when you compare it, like you said it, he'll have a big game. And then as soon as he started, I think he just looks to see on sleeper or whatever fancy apps we're using, how many leagues he started in. And if that's over 50%, he just does nothing. He takes the day off. That's what it feels (laughs) like. And that's what we saw. And I think, You're really disappointed if you have Josh Reynolds. The beauty of it is you could turn around and start him next week and he'll have a good game. So it's like, it's just playing with fire, putting him in your lineup. That's not the type of player you want. But the thing is, if you catch him on a good week, he could put up 20 points in your flex. So he's a tough asset to have. He shouldn't be dropped. But at this point, you know, if you want to talk about who, what the pecking order looks like in terms of targets and what the Lions want to do, it's I'm on Ross St. Brown and then it's Sam Laporta. And like you mentioned, the fact that it's tight, that Jared Goff is throwing it to his playmakers, that's only going to make it easier starting these guys moving forward. Jameer Gibbs
3: actually did end up taking some of David Montgomery's role. He had 17 carries for 80 yards. He was only targeted once, but this is great news for him Like over the next few weeks with Montgomery out. Uh, I think he's a bit of a buy low now, too, to take advantage of this increased workload. He might have some weak winning weeks coming up with him. You know, He got 71% of the running back carries in this game. You know, imagine if he gets targeted 5 or 6 times on top of that. Right? Not only that, but he right. had all three goal line uh snaps in this game. Okay? So he gets two good matchups the next two weeks against the Packers and the Panthers. Okay? So if I'm trying to get a running back, he didn't score a touchdown in this game. I'm looking to get him this week if I
1: can. Yeah, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So that's what I'm you that's what you're talking about. Like that is a easy by low candidate. The fact that he got the seventeen carries is what was most important to me. That's why I looked at he got yes. two targets too. But that rushing work is what we were kind of calling for. Of course, that rushing work comes at the expense of the receiving work. If we could just marry those two, and we I think that's gonna happen at some point this season. You know, he's looked good on the work that he's gotten. If he could get I think both it can of those happen going this week. And, that's what you I'm know? saying. And we I, said we I, said yeah. this I know, we said this last week and the week before. But this is the type of talent we're dealing with. And it was a quiet day by any rate for the Lions offense. They put up 20 points, you know, and like you mentioned, target distribution was super tight at the top. And they were ahead in this game. There was no urgency to push the ball downfield. They're kind of just taking their time. I think in a more competitive game, Jameer Gibbs, you know, he could really have a week winning performance. And I know we keep saying that you just got to bear with us here. We're waiting just like you are. It'll happen at some point. The utilization is pointing us in in the right direction. Follow that and the production will come.
3: Yeah, man, 100%. Um, The Falcons offensive line and Bijan Robinson, you know, like I said earlier, couldn't get it done against the Lions, you know, despite that Drake London still only had two catches in this game. You know, Kyle Pitts was the flavor of the week in the, uh, in the passing game here. Um, Still didn't have a crazy game, but decent day enough to be a, probably a top 12 tight end this week. Um, but yeah, throw some offers out there for Bijan if you can this week after that performance, you know. Um not many people want to sell him, but at the end of the day, you know, the, the, some might think of this still as a timeshare between those two guys. But Bijan's, you know, his all of his everything that we're looking at here in terms of underlying metrics is pointing to Bijan being a, a serious like top 5 running back the rest of the way. Okay.
1: So yeah. continue to put out offers there for him. Yeah, you just look at the running game, it, it they didn't really have many places to go because they were playing from behind the whole game. And it was a bold strategy by Arthur Smith to throw from – he threw the ball, but to play the negative game script and throw to tight ends because he threw to Johnny Smith as many times as he, th- as he threw Kyle Pitts. Threw to Johnny Smith more times than he threw to Drake London. Drake London is going to be an annoying player this whole season because they get away <laughs> from him so. way too yeah. easily. Like, he had some targets, and he looked – his first catch of the day went for 28 yards. After that, it was just completely quiet. So this is what we're looking at with the offense moving forward. That's not good. Drake London, like, I think he's a wide receiver three play at this point. I don't like him as my wide receiver two just because of the fluctuation.
3: No doubt about it. I had him ranked as like a low end wide receiver three this week. Right. <laughs> so, he, like, he's he's just not somebody that you really want to start at this point. To be honest with you. Um, all right, what else we got going on? The Chiefs absolutely destroyed the Bears. Okay. Taylor Swift was definitely a good luck charm. She was in a suite right next to Travis Kelsey's mom. Okay. That's all like, that. Yeah, Like what a flex, dude. Like you get you get Swift as your girl. You bring it to the game. You sit her next to your mom in the suite. You destroy the other team. And uh, Justin Fields, you know, he knew there was trouble when he walked in to Arrowhead <laughs>
1: Stadium. Yes. Sorry. I see what you did there. That I was very to. good. Did you have that written <laughs> down or did that just come to you? That was pretty good. No. I, I wrote it down. <laughs>
3: I voted down. Fair <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's not much else to take out of this game. Um, no. Uh, what, what, what's his name? Rashi Rice did did his thing, you know, on limited routes, and he was targeted a little bit more than he's usually. But like, it's uh, we're, we're still at the point where there's no receiver really taking control in terms of routes run, and they're all being kind of, you know, rotated through, um, you know, even with Patrick, you know, they eventually bench Patrick Mahomes because they were up by so much. But li- literally, the, the, Bears were dumpster fire this entire week. And then, like, the dumpster fire just exploded
1: <laughs> on Sunday. Like they rolled, terrible, dude. They rolled the flaming dumpster on a field, and it just sh- shot everywhere. Like, that was crazy. So now, Dallas didn't look much better. So, I- I'm not going to make fun of any teams this week. But I will say, right, this was I'll like one you. of those token Jarek McKinnon games where it's like, Jarek McKinnon has two touchdowns a low fantasy output. Travis Kelsey somehow randomly has a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes has a big day, and none of the receivers are even startable for fantasy. It's just like, this is what the Chiefs offense is anymore. They just find ways to get it done in like the least useful way possible if you have any pass catcher not named Kelsey. Because Jarek McKinnon is going to turn around, and he's going to have a really quiet game next week. Isaiah Pacheco, he had 15 carries for 62 yards. He was toting the rock, but Clyde Edwards yeah. there also had 15 carries. It's like, this is going to change yeah, but, every week.
3: But, but I'll say this, though uh Edward c h he did get most of his work like once uh the starters were kind of off the field and he was working with with the with Blaine Garrett on the field right so when right. Mahomes was on the field uh, what's his name um Pacheco was, on, was got like 60% of snaps which is like really good like for chief's yeah. running back so mm-hmm. i thought this game like at least with the when the starters were on the field um this was a pretty encouraging game for Pacheco especially considering that he was a little bit banged up this week uh in practice and stuff so i'm much more encouraged with pacheco moving forward than i was coming into this week so i think this was a a nice little check in the box for pacheco moving forward i think i i I didn't want to play him as like you know even a high-end like rb3 but i think he turns into one going into next week that's kind of how i feel about him right now yeah um I think that's really it, guys. It was really, I think, the main, main takeaways. Are we missing anything, Zach, or do we kind of hit on everything so far?
1: I, I think that's about it. You know, I didn't get a chance to really look over the late games in depth, but it looks like Adam Thielen yeah. had a big day. We kind of called yeah, that. Yeah, th-
3: it wasn't that much going on in these late games in terms of, like, big developments. Um, right. You know, Adam Thielen definitely had a big day. You know, I thought Andy Dalton. The thing is with Dalton, it's like he gives these receivers chances a little bit more you know, uh than yep. Bryce Young, right? And I and I kind of like had a feeling that was gonna happen coming into this week because whatever we've we've seen Andy Dalton, right? Like before, and mm-hmm. he, he's a veteran. He's gonna give these receivers chances. DJ Shark, you know, ended up doing his thing. Adam Thielen ended up doing his thing. And like these two are the guys that you you know you want to get involved. So hopefully when Bryce Young ends up coming back, maybe he can do his thing as well. But as of right now, Andy Dalton uh definitely, you know, you want to keep starting Adam Thielen, you know, as a solid wide receiver three. Uh, if any Dalton plays next week, at least, at least, at least, you know, Thielen has a decent game, you know, in the books with Bryce young as well. So that, that's, that's good yeah. news. You kind of know that he's the number one there at this point. Right. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow for our waiver wire episode. Uh, we'll kind of, you know, make sure that you guys are all, you know, all, all prepared, uh, for, uh, for that. And, uh, yeah, if you guys can do us a huge favor, if you guys can uh, subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast, subscribe to it, or whatever platform you're on, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen, subscribe. That's all you have to do. If you want to go a step further, rate and review the podcast, especially if you think we deserve a five-star review. Especially. Okay, we, it would mean the world to us. We appreciate the time. It only takes a minute, um, and, and that's going to do it. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, if you want to put in any uh, pick-ems into Monday Night Football, uh, new users are going to get a, a surprise pick. Okay, so you're going to get a free pick, okay, to put in like a free square basically. Not only that, you're going to get your first deposit doubled up to $500 for a limited time. Usually it's $100, but first deposit doubled up to $500. Um. Use code upperhand. The minimum deposit is only ten bucks, uh, but use code upperhand uh, and have some fun on Monday night. And yeah, guys, we appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye bye.